What makes a life a good one? Is it the adventure you have? Or the friends you find along the way? Maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect, defend, and save what you believe in every single day. So what makes a life a good one? In the Coast Guard, we think it's all of the above and more. But you'll have to find out for yourself. Visit GoCoastGuard.com to learn more. Welcome to AMP by AMA Omaha, the actionable marketing podcast. Today, I am amped to welcome two incredible guests to our program to talk a little bit about AMA Omaha and our favorite initiative to get involved in the community, which is AMA Omaha Cares. So first, I'm going to have Adam give a little introduction. Mr. Adam Croft. Hi there, um, Adam Croft. I'm the founder and CEO of Red Thread. We're a creative advertising agency based here in Nebraska. And Adam also happens to be the VP of AMA Omaha Cares for the Omaha Board of Directors, and we're thrilled to have him today. The proud and, VP. Yeah. And then we also got our fantastic friend from our new AMA Omaha Cares uh, partner for 2020 and 2021. Jonna, would you like to introduce yourself? Hey there. So thank you so much, you guys, for having me on today. And I'm Jonna Van Dune. I am the president of the Nebraska Tech Collaborative. Um, which is an exurban workforce initiative um, that's based here in Omaha, but we are actually um, statewide. So thanks again for having me, guys. Fantastic. So we love doing this episode every single year um, to kind of just touch base and remind people about how AMA Omaha has started this AMA Omaha Cares Initiative, what the purpose of it is, and sort of the backstory and history. So I'm going to kind of punt that one right on over to Adam and let uh, let him sort of fill our audience in on how we got here and where we're hoping to go with AMA Omaha Cares. Totally. So AMA Omaha Cares, this is the third year we put this together. Um, the first partner was uh, Heart Ministry Center. And so we had the pleasure of working with the team over there, um, just putting together various initiatives like podcasts, blogs, we had some item drives, um, raised a little bit of money, and just wanted to make sure the entire Omaha marketing community heard about HMC. Um, and this year, we were lucky enough to select the wonderful Jada of Nebraska Tech Collaborative. And so really what we did was a survey of the Omaha marketing community and we landed on this wonderful cause. So we're like, hey, let's check it out. Let's do some great stuff together. And just getting involved with these partners so far, it's just been really based upon like meeting these wonderful people. I mean, there's so many amazing nonprofits here in Nebraska. We've had the pleasure of working with two great ones so far. And it's been a mix of, I need this. Can you help me raise some money? And we've learned so many great things. And the best part about what we have at AMA is a whole army of just creative marketing individuals and who are here to help you grow these nonprofits. Absolutely. And just to sort of piggyback off of that, I got to say last year we had a blast because we launched our first ever AMA Omaha Cares Month in the month of February and really sort of dedicated as many of our um, communications resources and uh, creative item drives and things to support our ministry center. And this year we're going to be spending that month working together with our friends, the Nebraska Tech Collaborative and the wonderful Jana. So I would love to start um because Jonna's got a fascinating background and a fascinating history, and she's a fascinating person. So I would love if you could just share a little bit about your very, very extensive background in politics. Like, can you tell us a little bit about life in Washington? Can you tell us about some of the biggest lessons that you learned from that so- sort of experience? 
Um, yeah, well, again, it's it's really interesting because so I grew up actually here in Nebraska, born and raised in Lincoln, um, uh, w- left for college, uh, never riding on a plane train. Um, and we didn't even own a car. I went to college in Minnesota and um, started learning about politics, whatever. So I got my start. My career started, actually. Um, I My first job out of college was as the scheduler for the 41st president of the United States, George Herbert Walker Bush. Um, I was his one of 13 schedulers. Um, and, and from that experience um, led to other amazing opportunities. Um, I served as the director of scheduling in advance for Mrs. Lynn Cheney. Um, I deserve, I served as um, an international staff person for Laura Bush traveling to foreign company, foreign countries, um, setting up advance um, trips for her. Um, I was, I've been the head of two Republican conventions, uh, 2000 in Philly, 2004 in New York. I've worked in corporate America for companies like Pillsbury, 3M, uh, Coke Industries, and uh, worked. And then I've also served in a number of trade associations in Washington, um, the Property Casualty Insurers Association, the U.S. Chamber of Commerce, which that's the position I held before I became president um, of the Nebraska Tech Collaborative. I was the vice president of small business engagement. Um, And so my career in Washington, what has it taught me um, is that we need to figure out ways to bring people together and not separate them. Um, Understanding that we all have these different ideas on how the way the world should works. Um, But when it comes down to it, at the end of the day, we've all got to figure out a way how we're going to move forward together. So I guess if that's the biggest lesson I've learned from my days in Washington, um, I think that's pretty much it. That's a huge and important lesson. So yeah, those listening at home, remember, let's work together. <laughs> let's come together. Let's work together. So, I mean, you you come from an environment like that um, and a huge background in politics. So what actually ended up bringing you back to Nebraska? You know, so I am married to an absolutely wonderful, incredible guy um, who is a public a government public servant. Um, he sat behind me in AP history class um, in high school, uh, and we've spent our lives traveling around the world. Um, last stop was DC for eight years, and he came home one morning after his hour and twenty minute commute, and he said, "I'm done. I'm done. It's too expensive here. Um, right? We have one kid in private school. We are approaching another kid to be in private school, and I want my life back. I want to be closer to my parents." And so my response was. That's great. I will miss you. Um, You have a great time, um, but I will miss you because I have a job here in Washington and I'll come and visit you on the weekends. Maybe I can pop in and see my relatives. And he said to me, no, we are all going. And at that moment, it was kind of like, oh, my gosh we're going to Nebraska and keep in mind, I mean, I grew up here, we grew up very, very poor. So I think maybe we'd come to Omaha like twice in my whole life, um, unless I was going through, and, and later in my life, it wasn't until I was like going through an airport, but, um, and so I was kind of like, okay, what are we gonna do? So we had 90 days to sell a house, buy a house, get our kids enrolled in school, And I kept my job in Washington. I continued to work as the vice president of small business engagement for the U.S. Chamber. And um, my contention was that there's a small business in every congressional district in America. So it shouldn't matter where I lived. Um, But as my kids started to get that middle school, high school age, they need you in a completely different way. And being on a plane every other week really was not being was not ideal. And I wasn't actually, as my husband says, I wasn't all in 
on Nebraska or all in on Omaha. <laughs> and, um, and so when I was approached about this opportunity um, to interview for the Nebraska Tech Collaborative, it sounded interesting. The, the people involved, the companies involved, um, the tech industry is just absolutely fascinating because it's one of the best kept secrets here in Nebraska. And it wasn't until I took this job that I was like, oh my gosh, this is this could be so much fun, a huge opportunity to build something. Um, I've built a lot of political, um, government, corporate type things, but this, this venture into the nonprofit world um, was very, very frightening, but it was very, very exciting at the same time. And, you know, who wouldn't love, um, you know, being back in your hometown, my commute is 22 minutes to the office. Um, up. Amazing. I so good. So much of my life back. Um, I will say I don't read as much because I'm not sitting on the train for an hour, but um, uh, yeah, my commute is great. I've had dinner with my, I think I have breakfast with my kids every morning. I have dinner with my family most nights. Um, that was on like, we just, it's a, such a better quality of life here that we've, we've acquired since we've joined here. And then when I took this job, um, the community completely embraced, um, me, um, my family, and that's, what's made this job so much fun and so easy because we just haven't had to really, you know, work that hard to, to get ourselves integrated into the community because it's, so, it's there. So how long have you been with Nebraska Tech Collaborative now? A little bit over a year. So I joined in 20, October of 2019. So you know how you take a new job. You've got two months to cut, two or three months to get settled in. We get to January and then the, pandi- the pandemic hits in February. And that was a kind of an, oh my gosh, what are we going to do? We've just created this new organization. And, um, and then I was kind of, I was a little bit depressed because I, and I thought, gosh, we're going to shut down. So maybe I'll take ukulele lessons, teach myself how to code, um, maybe learn how to knit. And that was not (laughs) what happened. Um, We actually um, have an incredible uh, chairman named Mike Castling, who is an exurban governor, um, president and CEO of Sequence Health, who basically said, look, we can't stop during COVID. We've got to figure out how we're going to move forward and how we're going to help our partners move forward. Um, Just because tech was kind of that, not insulated. We did see some job loss um, from some of our friends, but we, because of the innovations of companies here in the state, um, we were really able to, our partners were able to rise to the occasion and solve some incredible issues um, uh, for people during COVID. Um, you've got folks who've created technology around uh, people in nursing homes. You've had uh, another company who specializes in tracking frozen food. We saw um in the first two quarters, some really, some deals being made and companies growing and expanding. Um, so again, it was, the whole thing was a little bit frightening, but again, it, this is just such an exciting time um, to be here in spite of all of the challenges that we're facing right now. And that's what I love is like, we're seeing so many, you know, unfortunately negative impacts related to the pandemic, but you will stumble every now and again across a company or a nonprofit or an entity that just has a real shining story to tell because they've been innovative and creative, or it's really unearthed a greater need for that sort of support and that kind of um, involvement or service. So can you tell us a little bit more about what the primary mission and vision of Nebraska Tech Collaborative is? 
Sure. So I tell everybody it's super simple and super easy. And then they, after you think about it for a bit, people kind of go, oh my gosh. So our sole focus, sole focus is to develop, to develop, retain, and attract tech talent and entrepreneurs to the state of Nebraska. So basically it's how do we create a predictable pipeline of talent um, for companies, um, small, medium, and large, um, for to, to be pro- more prosperous in Nebraska. We have an incredible story to tell, um, and we've got great companies here. And we kind of rally around four main themes. Um, first one is we want to see that 10,000 tech jobs are made in the state of Nebraska over the next five years. Um, we've got great companies who are small, who are going to become bigger companies, who are going to be creating lots and lots of high high wage, high quality, high skilled careers right here in the Nebraska. So you don't have to flee to the coast to have an incredible experience to intern or to work or to start a business or to grow a family. The second piece, second goal we rally under is of that 10,000, we believe that 40% of those 10,000 workers need to be women and 20% need to be um, from people from underrepresented groups. I don't buy into this whole thing where, you know, the kind of the cop out we have here in Nebraska is like, it's not diverse enough. It's not that it's not diverse enough, diverse enough. We are, I don't believe that we're really intentional in seeking out lots of other types of people um, because it's not very dense and we're, it's not a super urban area. Um, you don't stumble on people a lot and you really have to be proactive in going out and seeking diversity, different types of thought, different types of people um, to really get that full flavor of the city. And I think my, we, my, myself and my family, we were really trying to do that more. The third goal is to create 300 new tech startups in the state of Nebraska over a five-year time period. We recognize that not all 300 are going to make it, but there are going to be at least, you know, 20, 30 of them that are going to grow into incredible companies. And those companies, as they grow, we don't want them to flee to Austin or Silicon Valley. We want them to stay right here in Nebraska because, again, we've had some incredible talent. We have incredible um, colleges and universities. We have um, incredible boot camps here that are available to people. So if you, if we can help um, kind of short circuit some of the things that it takes to create a business. So how do you find customers? How do you find more funding? Um, how do you find just expertise and somebody to help you along, along in creating that business? Um, we think that we can be helpful with that. And if we f- provide that to this ecosystem, this tech ecosystem, then we're going to be able to build some incredible companies, not only, you know, in, in, in Lincoln or in Omaha, but across the state. Um, and finally, as I said before, we have an incredible story to tell. So our fourth goal is to raise Nebraska's profile in tech. And instead of sitting around and talking to each other about how fabulous and amazing we are, we need to demonstrate and to, sh- to show and to let our neighbors hear our successes of the companies that are coming out of here. So you've, you've seen, um, we've had some agriculture companies um, who, who had an incredible exit, um, you know, hopefully we'll get more details on that. We've had companies who have uh, doubled and tripled in size. We have um, small companies who are working internationally um, that nobody knows about. Um, because when you talk about, hey, I'm going to go to Nebraska's tech scene. They're like, I didn't know there are any tech companies in Nebraska. Isn't um, that just corn? It's corn. And just we don't corn. want to use and drive <laughs> 
<laughs> That's right. But we've got some incredible companies right here in our own back door. And not only do we have incredible new startup companies, but we also have incredible enterprise companies who've had to evolve because of tech. So, you know, the way we do um, trucking and logistics, um, advanced manufacturing, um, agriculture, even right here in Omaha. I mean, we've got some incredible companies um, who have innovated around what we or what people expect they think we are as a farming or an agriculture community. Um, but we've got great innovations around healthcare. Um, we've got great innovations around um, financial services and investment um, all right here in our backyard who have made, who've created some spectacular innovations um, around what they're already doing and being able to, to stay relevant in, in the, in the business um, community. So I feel like your your fourth pillar of what you guys tend to message around or your goals are kind of addresses this, but I mean, what do you consider the primary misconception about tech in Nebraska or just tech in the Midwest in general? Um, that we do, that it doesn't exist here. And again, my contention, you know, so we op, we have a, a number of committees um, because like most people have one boss, I've got 40 um, and all of the CEOs and CIOs and senior executives from the companies that are our partners, everybody has long had an idea on where we think we can improve this pipeline, what we need to do to improve the pipeline of talent. So if you care about PK through 12, you care about, you know, education, higher education, career skill, career changers, upskillers, veterans, there is a, there is a path for every single person in the state, if you choose to join this ecosystem, for you to enter into that. And so one of the biggest misconceptions is, is that, that we're just, it doesn't exist. Like, are there tech companies? And I say that all, I laugh because um, I hear about these companies and then every single week there is a new one um, that has, that has called or that uh, has read about us or I've found them somewhere else. Um, and they listened about the work that we're doing and they're like, we didn't know you existed. And I was like, well, you get a pass because we've only been here for about, you know, I've only been here for a year. Um, they've been um, working on this for two, Sarban has been working on this for a couple of years, the Omaha chamber, the Lincoln chamber. Um, and so again, the misconception is, is that, you know, it's just, we're just, it's just a big wasteland. It's just flyover country. And so we need to really start amping up like all the great and wonderful stuff that's happening here. Um, because there are so many opportunities to get involved with things. There's so many, I mean, I have never seen a community, especially during COVID wrap around its citizens, the way the state has done and the city has done and making sure that people have what they need in order to be prosperous. I mean, and if you look at our unemployment numbers too, which is a, which is a bit frightening is that we're almost back to pre COVID employment unemployment numbers. And so we're, and we need to figure out how we inspire kids, parents, and teachers that tech is not just in a silo, but it's in every single thing that we do. So instead of saying, you have to go learn how to code, you have to go learn how to do this. You need to be a critical thinker, problem solver. Um, those are the types of students that we need for these companies. And you don't have to know how to code. Um, I always tell everybody that the best project managers for code are people with English majors, um, library science, philosophy majors, and history majors. Wow. Critical thinkers. 
critical thinkers and they can categorize things um, really Solve well. problems, find connections. Exactly. And so again, it's helping people make those connections um, that exist because there are a lot of organizations across the state and across the city who are looking at sections of this, um, but they're working so hard and they're head down not realizing that there are other things happening around them. So we're just kind of coming around and trying to say, you know, trying to hug, give this big hug to everybody to say, hey, we, we see that you're doing this well. Um, how can we help you get bigger? Um, and the idea, and again, I think if we can get more buzz and excitement, I mean, there's great restaurants here. There are great artists here, creators, makers, innovators, we need to start talking about that. And that's the reason I'm so excited about my partnership with you all is because this is something that we need to spread the word about. Um, and again, I'm not trying to become famous. I want the state to be famous. It is. It's the Nebraska tech show. That's what's happening. But see, what I really like and what resonates with me about what you said about people think of tech and they think I need to learn how to code. I think sometimes people think about marketing in the same sort of way, like, oh, I need to be able to make something pretty. It's more than that. It's really about that mindset. It's about having those critical thinking skills, being able to make those connections, being able to see what's in one bucket, understand how it fills into another bucket. And it is pervasive across all industries. All industries in some way need some sort of technology and some sort of technical expertise and all industries in some way need help with messaging and need to understand how to promote themselves. So they're very similar in a lot of ways. No, and they actually, there's a lot of overlap to that too, because a lot of think, and so again, I'm going to go back and talk about startups, the small and the mid-sized companies. That is one of the last things that people think about. I'm sad to say, but it is. We all know that marketing and PR are kind of the last thing that we think about, that companies think about. Um, And what we're also trying to do is to get some of these younger, smaller companies to start thinking about marketing, PR. And so as these companies start to grow, one of the things that, again, hopefully with our relationship, that we'll be able to point some of these folks in the right direction that can help talking about, like, again, you know, we had a huge number of exits and deals and things that happened during COVID. We didn't know about them because when you're trying to build a company or a startup, you're really not thinking about writing a press release to tell everybody, hey, you know, we got $137 million. We got $5 million. We got $100,000. We really need to start getting this as part of the process or in the DNA, especially of new companies, that this marketing and PR piece is very important to the growth of their business and the success of their business. All at ground level. Let's <laughs> call it something to build from, foundational, if you will. <laughs> I'll start saying that. I will start telling people that. Start but, there, build up. Build up. So what has been the biggest challenge in promoting the mission of the Nebraska Tech Collaborative? Um, well, the biggest challenge is that we we grew so quickly, um, even during COVID. And, you know, thank goodness for Exarban um, and being housed here because we've really had, had the opportunity to you have their expertise kind of push us along. But again, for us, it's been that marketing and PR piece. Um, I think the first few months that I had this job, everybody's like, what would you do if you got a million dollars? And I said, I would spread the, like, I would do the biggest PR campaign about the tech ecosystem 
in Omaha and in Lincoln um, and really talk about what is really happening here um, because you guys know this, it's not one graphic or one press release or, or, or one campaign. This has got to be a multi-layer, multi-year, and we need to be able to articulate what makes this place so special. Um, and, and, and I ask people every time I, I meet with a new company, why do you, why do you keep your business here? Um, did you grow up here? And a lot of people are like, yes. And some people are like, oh no, I came from somewhere else. Then why did you grow your company here? And those are the stories that I wish that's the biggest challenge is trying to get those stories and push them out to people um, to get them to go to, to get them to understand that we exist. The number one thing I hear from people um, that have either heard me speak or they've um, read an article or, or whatnot. They're like, I didn't even know you guys existed how long have you been around? And I had some guy, I was like, I'm so sorry. I didn't know I've been in this community for, you know, 10 years and I've never heard of you. And I'm like, it's fine. You get a pass because I've only been here a year. So it's okay. Um, but we'd love for you to come to, into the fold. Um, and, and where's your passion? Is it kids? Is it internships? Is it helping, um, you know, new immigrant communities, um, to come in, into the state and, and find careers in tech. Um, there's just so much work to be done. Um, and, and so working with, um, what makes, again, this makes it a little bit challenging is that we are growing the tech ecosystem in the state. It's trying to get everybody to recognize is that we all have skin in the game. Um, and this is, this, this is for everybody. This is from education, nonprofits, um, government institutions, and the business community. And we all need to do a better job at really talking about what is it that we really need and the types of talent um, we need. And plus the talent that's here, we all want to feel like we all love it here. And we want to grow our, this is the best place to start a business, have a family, um, and finding amazing people to work in your company. I will say the you know, the culture here is, is really good. Again, I think it's been a little difficult during COVID. Um, you know, how do we all stay connected? Because this is the worst possible thing for me, an extrovert. Oh my gosh, I'm dying. Um, and everybody's like, you're so exciting over, you know, Zoom. I was like, I have to be like this. I'm just like this in person, but like, it just makes it so much harder for um, people like me um, to be home in a room by myself all day long. So and I honestly think our um, our co-guest here, Adam, probably has some thoughts, too, about the reasons that Nebraska, Omaha, Lincoln are such a great place to establish a company. And, you know, and he's also an extrovert, so he might have some thoughts on that as well. Adam, do you want to chime in for a second? As an extrovert, I do agree with the whole COVID sentiment. I'm just, I'm itching to just go run in circles at this point and just shake everyone's hand and hug everyone. So it's been a natural just uh uh, just barrier that I'm trying to fight myself on. Um, really, I think the, the best people always ask me, why do business in Nebraska? Why is Nebraska the place to be? And the best way I summarize it. So I'm a Chicago native. So Chicago, you got the hustle, you have a lot of big wig oh, yeah. people. There's a lot of good things going on, but really what has made Nebraska so successful is what I call the Nebraska version of six degrees of Kevin Bacon. I don't know. Have you heard that analogy before? So yes. Kevin Bacon. Yes, I know yeah, what that is. Six degrees of Kevin Bacon is basically the sentiment of like, there's six people basically you have to go through a chain to get to Kevin Bacon. Just knows everyone, right? In Nebraska, 
we have managed to do the one degree of Kevin Bacon variation because usually if you want to get in the door with someone, whether it's a big CEO or just anyone in the state, chances are someone in your network knows that person. And it's just one introduction, one phone call for you to sit down with that person and have lunch, have coffee, have drinks, get together. I think that is the differentiator between Nebraska and any other place in the nation. It's so cool because you can talk to whoever you want. And that's a good observation because I will say the number of people like we've met, I've met with hundreds of people in the past, what, 18 months. And every single person, I can maybe think of two exceptions, but every single person is welcome to the fold. And what can I do to be helpful? And, and after a while you start to panic because you don't want to turn anybody away. Um, But it's just the amount of just, um, assistance that people are willing to give is so overwhelming. And so trying to manage that, you're right, is, is, is a blessing is such a blessing um, because you're just like, yeah, I love this vibe. Like, how do I get everybody together? And we've definitely, I mean, I I think clearly AMA Omaha has an element of being a networking group and you see the power of that one degree of separation almost every single day. Like any conversation you have, if somebody wants a referral, you've got the referral. If somebody wants an introduction, you can facilitate that reduction, that introduction. And it is such a natural part of life here in our state. So it's awesome to hear both of your thoughts on that. Thank you for those. Um, so Jana, obviously this year, there has been just a groundswell of awareness and conversation around DEI. And you touched on this earlier, but how do you see that playing out in general in the tech community? So that is an amazing question because um, I've struggled a little bit with this just because, you know, um, and I think the entire, like, na- this is not just a Nebraska problem. This is nationwide that the tech community has definitely struggled with this DEI um, thing. And, and so I always talk about it. I look at it like a funnel. So you, you've got this funnel, but you can't see into it. And you have all these different people kind of piling through the top, but you have the same person falling through the bottom. Um, and so my contention is we need to draw windows into the funnel adjust some of the filters. So we have different types of people falling out of the bottom. Um, I I struggle with this because when um, we actually have a diversity committee um, on the, on the NTC, however, um, I don't believe that this is the responsibility of, of one committee. This is the responsible responsibility of every single person in this organization to, to look at how they're making an impact as it pertains to DEI. Um, and there's no excuse. So we have our um, uh, PK through 12 committee um, that we do a lot of work with. And they're doing some amazing things with teacher externships, um, with certain types of programming pre-COVID. But now, um, as we start to think about it, a lot of people came to me in the beginning as like, we need to create a program for this group and to create a program for that group. And I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. We need to identify the programs that are working and get all of our kids um, into these programs and then identify if there are um, some wraparound services or some mentoring or expertise that we can provide to those kids to keep them going um, in these tech STEM um, educational pieces. That's what our job is. Same thing with internships. Um, 
I think sometimes, you know, we're every, we're always looking for the best and the brightest. Um, but we also can't forget a lot of the best entrepreneurs are people that got between like what the C is the C student who is persistent, keep going, going, going. Um, but we've got to make sure that there's a place for everyone, um, a place for everyone in this ecosystem. So, um, I, this is a, a huge priority of mine, um, but it's a little bit difficult being an African-American, you know, president of a, a nonprofit, um, trying to figure out how, what's the best way to keep pushing, 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 pushing forward, not only for, you know, underrepresented groups, but for everyone. Um, I'm a, I want to see more women. Um, and I know Nebraska has got uh, some groups that focus on women in tech, but how do we take women in tech? Um, how, there's a group out there called Code Black, which is a, um, if you're in Omaha, which is a group of um, uh Black and Hispanic um, software developers, software engineers, um, cybersecurity experts that get together and talk about how they want to help kids. And so we've uh, partnered with them and really trying to figure out ways that we can put this in front of kids. And if you get them early, you get them. But then the hard part is trying to get them ushered through high school and into that next round, getting them um, job shadow, job shadow um, experiences, internships, maybe two or four year college is not your thing. Then how do I get you into an apprenticeship um, for whatever reason in your life, you couldn't go to college and you had to go straight to work. And now you're thinking, I really want to come to tech. How do I do that? We got a group thinking about that. Like we, and we're trying to figure out a way to connect people and provide opportunities for them to go into these, these career. And then we have a whole nother group that looks at how do we attract talent, not only from, from, you know, right here locally, but from across the country. Again, why do you have to sit in Atlanta or New York or LA or Austin, Texas? Come here and build a build build a business. One hundred thousand dollars goes a lot further here than it goes any of those other places. So um, I think we have a huge opportunity on the diversity side. I think we have an opportunity to grow um, and of and and helping people recognize we do need to make changes. We need to be more inclusive and your culture is not going to stay the same. It's going to evolve, but it's going to evolve for the better. It's going to be exciting. Um, but we've got to be ready for this um, and being able to help people along um, with, with all of this, because um, I would hope that every people would see me as, you know, I'm the head of this organization, but I'm also a black woman. Um, and I, and I think that's important. So recognizing people's differences, but really being able to embrace all of this. And then if, I think if we did a great job at this, then we can kind of thumb our nose at the coast. So to say that this is possible, we were able to do this without right here, West coast right problem. here in the middle of the country, in the middle of the country, the people are the nicest. Um, and the best so yeah, so that's kind of, and it sounds, you know, that's, that, those are my thoughts on it. Um, but we're working every single day to figure out how we we're constantly thinking about how we make sure that we're very intentional, um, in, in how we attract people, um, to this community, because somebody else was telling me it's easy to get them here. The hardest part is to stay. And because again, we're not in one big center, we're not in a common, you know, area, how do we create that density 
um, around people to make them feel welcome. So, you know, you get this great, you get the job of your life and you move here and all, you know, and COVID. Um, and then it's, well, how do I meet people? Um, I can, I tell this story all the time. When I first moved here, my number one thought wasn't where I was going to live, where my kids were going to go to school is where was I going to get my hair done? That was my number one worry. Um, and I thought, crap, I even tried to figure out I was going to budget to fly somewhere else to see my old hairdresser. Or if I had to drive 50 hours, I was going to figure out how to do it. But that was something that really bothered me. Um, and I tell the story because that is something that was super important to me um, that I couldn't figure out right away until I got a little bit more integrated into the community. So, so yeah, so that's my story. I'm sticking to it. Well, what's fantastic about AMA Omaha Cares and the way we handle this initiative every year is that our charity partner is voted on by members of our community. So clearly these are people who want to learn more about what you guys are doing or already very much support your mission. So to all of our listeners out there, what's the best way that they can get involved with NTC? Can they volunteer? How can they help? How can they spread the word? Oh my God. Well, so the number one thing, go ahead, Adam, you tell, you can tell this part. No, I, I just want you to say, I know you're super humble and a wonderful person, but I also want you to like talk about how the value of joining the, the organization. Cause it's, 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 it's cheap. It's like for what you, the impact you're making for what you're paying is an unbelievable value. You so, are so, so sell the hell out of it. <laughs> so, let's sell. Let's do it. We're selling. Okay. So we're selling because, so here's the thing. We want as many partners as we can get. And, and Adam is right. We are the best deal in town um, because we have a rate for tech companies. We have a rate for tech enabled companies. If you're not, if you don't count yourself as a tech or tech enabled company, you provide professional services or um, legal accounting um recruiting services, you can join, be a part of, of our organization, um, nonprofits, government, but we really want to show, to demonstrate again to everybody across the state that we as the, the business community, the startup community um, have really want to create a path forward for everybody who wants to join this ecosystem. And so um, go to our website, www.nebtech.com collab c-o-l-l-a-b dot com um, and we love to get your companies to join if you um, have this interest in um, volunteering on one of our committees um, always looking for um, like trying to create an arsenal of folks that um, might be interested in mentoring a group of kids we're looking at trying to figure out how we start that if your company offers offers internships high school internships um, college internships any type of work-based learning opportunity we would love to know about that to get you connected um, to some of the folks there um, if you are um, if if you're Again, if you're doing something interesting that you think that we need to know about, let us know. We'd love to highlight that um, on our website. But really, um, the kind of our focus right now is the internships, how we help kids, parents, and teachers understand what great things in tech. COVID has kind of put a damper on things because I really miss being, we had all these grandiose ideas about getting together, but you know, that's what we want. We want um, companies, we want lots of people from companies to come in and say, you know, say to your employer, this is important. We need to be part of this um, because quite frankly, every single business in the state needs employees. 
and they're all going to need tech employees. And you can't put this off. You can't say, I'll get to it later because you're going to wake up one day and you're not going to have you know enough talent. And so we all have to have skin in the game and how we can create a pr- predictable pipeline of talent, not only in state, but then if we can have a predictable pipeline, then we're going to get more companies to come here um, and and provide more prosperity for the state, the state that we love and and we, again, that we've built our businesses and and, and grown our families. And so um, I don't know if that's hype enough for you, Adam, but um, again, check us out. We would, we would love anybody's help um, in figuring out how we can do this. And then also to some of your members, if you have um, time to, you know, um, we're always looking for help and um, like short videos of people talking about why it's important to have a press release or why it's important to have um, to um, market your business. But again, there's a lot of great smaller startup companies out there who just don't understand the value um, of this PR marketing piece. And I think um, we can really help them. And if we help them grow, that's going to help the rest of us. We're definitely in your corner on that front. hundred <laughs> percent alignment. Well, we really want to thank you for sharing the story of the Nebraska Tech Collaborative. We are thrilled to be partnering with you guys this year. I know all of our AMA Omaha members are going to look forward to regular updates on the success throughout the rest of the term as you guys come up with new projects, new initiatives, and roll out new, interesting, exciting um, endeavors within the community. So I have one last question for you because I love how diverse your background is. So between political conventions, Fortune 500 companies, and running a nonprofit, what do you see as the biggest similarity among those businesses and the biggest difference? Oh my gosh. Um, so the biggest similarities is, is managing all the personalities. Um, and, and, uh, yeah, that is managing the personalities is definitely the big similarity because just trying to understand where people are coming from, what they care about, what they want you to care about. Um, that's, that's definitely a similarity. Um, the difference is, um, again, I think the nonprofit side has surprised me a lot just because come, politics is a little cutthroat. So is corporate America. <laughs> um, but how nice people are, I mean, and how willing people are to like jump in and just help um, without even asking. And that's, I think, been the the biggest difference with all of this. Um, you know, again, we're uh, it's we have a lot of, again, CEOs and types that are in our organization who are absolutely who have just opened up their hearts um, and their resources to help us become successful. And I think that's what's been the, the biggest difference um, for us and for me anyway, um, running a nonprofit. So um, it's scary and exciting all of this all at the same time. Awesome. Well, we at AMA Omaha are thrilled to be a part of your story this year. So again, thank you, Jonna, for your time. Thank you, Adam. And thank you, everyone, for listening. 